this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Friday, 18 November, Year of Our Lord 2022. We had a whole show for tonight to talk about the border, to go to CPAC, Mexico, all of it. It's been a little upended because of developments this afternoon. I want to bring in Jason Miller, former chief communication strategist uh, for President Trump in the, and senior strategist in 2020, senior comms in 2016, now the CEO of Getter and doing a hell of a job over that. That thing's on fire. Jason, walk me through. Uh, what happened today? And, and it, you know, if Merrick Garland's met this for two years and doesn't have anything of these grand juries or whatever they're doing, well, is this a pure political stunt? Well, I think it's probably the most uh, predicted or most telegraphed, I should say, political stunt that uh, we've seen in quite some time. I mean, they didn't even wait three full days Steve, from after President Trump announced his candidacy on Tuesday to then moving ahead with the special prosecutor. I think the effort to go to a special prosecutor, I think, looks very political um, in the fact that Merrick Garland and the Biden administration are trying to pretend like they have, their hands are off of it. There's nothing that they can do. This is just a force that's taking off on its own. But what they apparently have forgotten, Steve, or maybe never learned or never bothered to, bother to pay attention, impeachment one, impeachment two, Russia, 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 go through the January 6th committee drama Every single one of these things have reeked of being political. I think many people in America look at it and say, okay, here they go again, attacking President Trump. Isn't it interesting? By the way, President Trump is going to address the nation from Mar Lago at 8. Is it 830, Jason? Am I correct there? 830 p.m.? Uh, yes, 830 uh, Mar Lago. Uh, exactly. Eastern time. I want to announce now uh, the event. Grace Chong and uh, Mo Bannon will set up. We'll do a, a getter live stream. I got to tell you, Jason, as a site, I love those live streams. We were campaigning out whether it's in Texas or in Arizona, New Mexico, anywhere. Uh, it was just amazing. The the size of audiences we got were just incredible. So tonight at eight thirty, we're going to be doing a live stream uh, with the president's uh, address or uh, discussion of this because it's very important, uh, Jason. You just went through the whole litany. I mean, you know, Biden, 42 percent of the American people, not Republicans, think that's 70 percent. I think independents or 50 percent think the guy's illegitimate, thinks he didn't he didn't win the 2020 uh, election. And they're running special prosecutors and said, hey, those people have only seen a scintilla of the evidence and they know he's illegitimate. How can they avoid the politicization? And particularly it happened right after he announced for president. You know, they came back for the lame duck. And is it David Chinchini, the guy from uh, the guy on the J6 committee from Rhode Island? I think the only guy that didn't get turfed out totally. Right. But he's going to lose his senior. You know, he's going to lose his his uh, subcommittee chairmanship. Um, he's he's put up a law. They've actually put legislation forward. He's looking for co-sponsors. He, he put it out in in, in uh, Politico playbook. Yeah, he's looking for co-sponsors to pass a law that Trump can't run for office anymore. I mean, 
they the fear they have of this guy is incredible. Did they handle? Did they hand Trump the Republican nomination by doing this, sir? Most likely. And Steve, by the way, I think I saw a couple of chinchilla coats at Mar-a-Lago at President Trump's announcement on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, but, but David Sicily from from Rhode Island was the Democrat who came out. Sicily, Sicily, literally, uh, literally is trying to bar President Trump from running again. Just as we saw in August when they launched the Mar-a-Lago raid, they, the media and the Democrats have a unique way of galvanizing the Republican Party behind President Trump in a way that he couldn't do. Even if he said, today I'm going to galvanize and bring together the Republican Party, when the media and the Democrats pile on like that, they do it in a way that uh, even brings people who have never voted for President Trump uh, to look at it and say, this is political, this is over. Shouldn't we be talking about inflation at the southern border, all the crises that are going on? In fact, we're the brink of war with Russia. They're doing it all over. They can't help themselves. Here's the reason why. We right. made a comment about the legitimacy of Biden, but here's the one thing, Steve. They're deathly terrified that Biden's doing the spotlight now. He can't even tell the difference, as we've talked about, between Colombia and Cambodia. Yeah. What what would you recommend to the guys in the house? MTG, we're trying to track her down. She's getting off a plane. She's going to come on. No, Gates has had some things to say. What what would be your recommendation to the folks in the house about either moving forward with an impeachment of Garland or cutting off the appropriations of this? How aggressive do you think the house should be on this? It's kind of like, hey, we've had enough of this. You've taken you know two impeachment shots. You got the J six investigation. You had the grand juries. You you, you took all your shots. We're just not going to tolerate this anymore. So my personal thoughts, uh, without having chatted with uh, President Trump or uh, other folks on his team about this, is be as aggressive as possible for the simple fact that they're never going to pull back. They're, the Democrats and the media are never going to stop attacking President Trump. They're going to go full board. Now, on the issue of impeachment, I firmly believe that Joe Biden has probably done several different things, whether it be uh, Ukraine, whether it be the southern border, whether it be the uh, Hunter and the rest of the Biden crime family business dealings that are all probably impeachable offenses. Biden is, we have to be careful. We have to be careful on this. We don't overreach and allow him to essentially do the reverse of what they're doing to Trump. We don't want to galvanize a very weak a democratic base for Joe Biden to then rally behind them and say, uh-oh, here come the Republicans, here come the conservatives. There is a political calculus that goes into it, so I'm going to kind of reserve my judgment. Yes, he deserves it. Um, I'm undecided about whether or not this is the right time. Uh, what about what about pressing back on Merrick Garland? Oh, absolutely. And I think that the way that we've seen uh, the DOJ, the way we've seen the FBI all become weaponized, uh, they're Third world countries are laughing at us and saying, how do you criticize us? How do you criticize uh, How do you criticize Venezuela when you guys are just as bad, if not worse, within many regards? I mean, absolutely. We have the power of the purse. We have the house. We need to go and do everything we can to stop the political attacks from the DOJ and our, our weaponized law enforcement system 100%. And by the way, Steve, that press conference yesterday, the Jamie Comer House Oversight Committee and Jim Jordan, the incoming Judiciary Committee chairman, want to make sure just reiterate that to the to the audience that that that, that they were not pre- the mainstream media and the white house were not prepared for that they they came, they came away they shocked how detailed comer is and how they'd already had so much investigative work themselves correct 
Absolutely. And uh, Jamie Comer is a good guy. I know him a little bit. made some TV ads for him a number of years ago during his first professional run. Uh, very detailed, very thorough, and there was nothing that they could counter. It was so well laid out, and it tied Steve right back into the CCP. That was the thing that without having had any conversation with Jamie Comer, I was particularly impressed by. All roads keyed on it. CCP, Chinese Communist Party. So uh, I really liked what I saw from Jimmy Comer. I think we're going to have good things coming. Of course, I'm a huge Jim Jordan fan, and he'll bring the heat on the Judiciary Committee. Last thing, the uh, president's going to have comments tonight at 8.30, and uh, Getter gives us the flexibility. So everybody will be on Getter at 8.30 or maybe f- beforehand, and we'll have a pre- and post-talk uh, uh, commentary will be up there. Uh, Jason, Matthew Tiermont came on the last uh, hour, and I gave a speech today at, at CPAC Mexico City. And a, a big part of it was about Getter and about Brazil. Uh, you you have millions of people in the streets now. This is not about the Bolsonaros anymore, uh, and they love Bolsonaro. Don't get me wrong. This is this is, there's a very deep revolt going on in Brazil right now for the people and about their constitution and about following the constitution. It's actually incredible to see. And just Getter has just been in, incredible about that. T- talk to us about what you're seeing down in Brazil. And I understand you have to be careful because they're trying to shut down uh, every social media platform down there. Right. What I can tell you, Steve, is that the passion for free speech rights that we're seeing from Brazil is truly remarkable right now. And it's not only, say, uh, it's not only Brazilian press is paying attention, even the, uh, Brazil's version of the New York Times, uh, based on Sao Paulo, they've even done massive stories on this. But you have even Western press, whether it be the New York Times, whether it be the Financial Times, or the Washington Post, who are now paying attention to the erosion of uh, we're, we're at an inflection point. I think in many places all around the world, is there going to be a stand for free speech or is there going to be a slouch towards authoritarianism? And this is the debate that's having. And uh, we will always better stand for free speech, stand for our uh, innate ability um, to uh, communicate um, and, and never back down from the fight. Look, you've been very classy about this, a CEO of a competitor, although a much smaller competitor than Twitter, although Kara Swisher, I think, in the New Times <laughs> did did repost uh, a comment you made today and trolled Elon Musk. What's your what's your what is going on over Twitter? I, I keep saying, you know, he bought a crime scene and now the perps are all leaving the building. But but what's your assessment? It's it's still dominating the news cycle this afternoon, whether Twitter is going to make it or not. What exactly is going on? What's your what are your thoughts? Steve, we've talked about this before. Startup leadership, whether it's starting up a small business, starting up a uh, social media platform, uh, a multinational social media platform, or starting, say, even a campaign is completely different from the Jack Welch or Mitt Romney Bain Capital turnaround. And what Musk's strength has always been is that he's an innovator. He's one of the greatest innovators uh, of our lifetime, probably the greatest innovator. His strength is innovation. His strength is not going in a company that is losing money and trying to make them profitable. And so I think he walked into a, a hornet's nest on this one. And I, I don't think he realizes how many more uh, hornet stings he has come in his direction. Uh, this thing is completely imploding. In fact, we put out a statement with Getter a few hours ago saying, hey, folks, join Getter because you can import your entire tweet history with, with your Getter account, whether it be your music files, your memes, all your different things you have to do. <laughs> yeah. So import it in because, hey, we might see, we might wake up in a week 
Twitter might not be there. They've gone from 7,500 employees. Granted, most of them all deserve to get fired. So I'm totally with Elon on that. They may only be at a couple thousand, one or two thousand employees now. They're not sure. Um, well, no, and the sure. and the problem I, I I put it up. He he's in Saigon in '68. It's not just the down to two thousand. Any one of those guys could take a system and just trip it off the line. This is why they they blocked employees from coming back into the building today because they asked them to work the long tough hours that guys at Getter work seven days a week and have worked since you guys have launched. No, I, I told people, I said, hey, if you want to ensure that you've got your Twitter history, you ought to come over to Getter. Just boot it up. You don't even have to you keep using Getter. Just come back and you'll come back when Twitter implodes. But no, I think it's I think it's one of the benefits of Twitter. And I would tell everybody, why would yeah, you give Twitter a shot right now when, when, Twi- when Twitter's up in the air, whether it's going to be around tomorrow or not? Exactly. And Steve, you know, one of the things I always get people at bad time on, whether it be in, uh, at the company or whether it's, uh, there, we have many, many good ideas. Sometimes people, whether it's a big debtor or people in our political friends, have ideas that are not necessarily all that great. The thing I always present to them is define victory for me. How do you plan? How do you define victory on what you're seeking to embark on? And I think somebody sat down with Elon Musk and said, define victory. How do you think you're actually going to be successful? And what you're talking here, because, uh, boy, there he could have just as big of a voice on Twitter without owning the thing. And now he's going to lose all this win. I don't think they thought through what is victory. And uh, if you told me a year ago, Twitter probably said, um, you know, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm not sure how accurate you are. Um, Twitter could go under any day now. Uh Getter, what's your Getter account? And by the way, the war room may uh, may may get you over for a few comments tonight at eight thirty after the president's talk to the nation about this outrage. Uh, what's your Getter account? At Jason Miller in D.C. Follow us on Getter. Uh, it's uh, exciting, and of course, hopefully, you're watching on the the live stream on Getter right now. Uh, yes, our biggest audience. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Jason. Thank you, Steve. Do I have MTG yet? Because okay, fine. Let's see if we can track it down. But I want to go to Todd Bensman. Todd, um, we had the, you know, I gave a talk at uh, the CPAC Mexico City today uh, that went over, I think, to me, surprisingly well. And I talked about the issues on the southern border and working together, particularly with conservatives down there. But the really thing I talked about was about elections and free speech and this uh, revolution you're seeing coming now from the left where they're stealing elections and taking over powerful countries like Brazil and what that's going to do to the to the migration and to the to people coming coming north. In the morning show, we had the mayor of Uvalde, Texas, who they they flew in for a meeting the other day. And the reason we wanted him on the show, they said he flew into a meeting and said, "Hey, because of Title Forty Two coming being taken away, that starting on December twenty first, four days before Christmas, and this is a town that has no extra resources. It's one of these typical tiny little towns." You know, I think a 10, 12, 15,000 people in Texas, in West Texas, that is not sitting there with a lot of extra resources, right? And they told him, hey, starting on the 21st, every day you're going to get a minimum of 180 what they call migrants. We got to drop them off here because we got to drop these guys off of all these different places. And you're one, you know, the crossroads between, uh, you know, down near Eagle Pass. And so, and the guy told me, he says, well, hold it, you got to give me some resources. I don't have anything to do. They said, hey, we don't have anything, but we're going to drop the people off. And and he said he talked to some people and they go, look, you know, don't mind because this has happened to communities all over South Texas. 
What what Benzman? What is going on here? How can how can this radical federal judge uh, just take this away? And there's no planning for it. There's no resources for it. And they're just going to dump them. And I, I said to the mayor, I said, "What are you guys doing?" He says, "Hey, what we're trying to do is organize buses so we can get these guys on buses and get them out of here as fast as possible." Not that we're not caring, feeling people, and it's the Christmas season. But he says we we just can't we can't take that level of people. Every day says in a week we'll have like ten percent of the town's population. We don't have any extra resources to do. He says we have a homeless problem, we have a drug problem, we have a fentanyl problem, we have a crime problem, and then he tops it off by the school where those uh, young children were butchered by the uh, by that savage. He said, "Hey, in 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 the last twelve months, the twelve months leading up to that a massacre, they had fifty lockdowns on that school." All from illegal aliens blowing through the town, trying to escape Customs and Border or Texas authorities where they knew that the school was a safe zone to drop off near. And they had 50 lockdowns, hard lockdowns. It's 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 out of control. How can these small Texas town exist? This is not America. How can they continue to exist after Title 42 comes off, sir? Well, like we say, uh, we've said this before. The intelligence community is predicting between 12,000 and 18,000 a day. We're at about 7,500 7, a day right now, which is an overwhelming, crushing wall of humanity as it is. Uh, but when we have 18,000 a day or 12,000 a day, 540,000 a month, uh, it's, it's just going to be pandemonium. And that's one of the reasons why the Biden administration said, thank you, judge, but just hold on a minute. Let us get the infrastructure in place to be able to move everybody through smoothly and orderly. Uh, that is this administration's goal. This is their ideology that we don't want to pause, slow down the flow. We don't want to deter the flow. We want as much flow as we can possibly get. That is, that's, that's what they're, and we've never seen anything like this. And what that, what's going to happen uh, on the day, they're already crowding in, they're, they're, they're pulsate, pulsing forward uh, just on the news that 42 is about to end. Uh, but listen, 42 has already been slowly but surely squeezed down to about 35% of all Im immigrants crossing the border illegally. Uh, they've been they've moved when Trump was in office, it was 87, 89 percent pushbacks. Uh, Biden moved it down to 60 percent, down to 50, 40 and now 35 percent. So already most everybody who's crossing, you know, 65, 70 percent are being ushered into the country, not including the gotaways, not including the gotaways. That's a whole other million, two million. Uh, we are looking at I, 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 an incredible it, tsunami coming. Let let me <clears throat> hang on for a second because I want to I want to make sure people understand the scale of these numbers and and just roughly at ten thousand a day a day. Think about that ten thousand people a day. That's a conservative a army, number. Excuse 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 me excuse me. You said twelve thousand eighteen thousand a day. I'm sorry. Right. At twelve to eighteen thousand a day, an army division is roughly ten thousand men. So at the upper end, you're almost at two army divisions a day, 
coming in illegally into with these phony asylum. These are phony asylum claims, 100% phony. Okay, phony, and they know it. They're breaking yes. law. The, yes. the 540, the 540,000 a month. I want people to understand this. I may be off slightly, but I don't think I'm too far off. The number of troops that landed on D-Day, the most sacred outside of Gettysburg Day, probably in American military history as far as being on offense, was 175,000 people. So it's, it's almost 3x, almost three times D-Day. The entire Patton's Third Army that swept across, broke out of the hedgerow, swept across France and really went all the way and could have gone to the heart of Berlin, but went all the way to the Rhine River and was stopped. That historic Third Army and went to Bastogne and everything like that, that was 325,000. You're having more than the army, that, the American army that won in, in Europe and World War II. The every scale month. of these numbers is, is every virtually month. every month. By the way, it's, two, it's almost two times the Third Army and three times D-Day. The, these numbers, uh, as Todd, these numbers are at such a scale as to boggle the, the mind. And, and, and the mainstream media won't cover it. And Mallorcas can sit there. We got, we, I saw a video today. He just sits there and goes, the border's secure and it's my number one priority. Is, is he a psychopath when he says that? Does he expect us to actually be? But why does he say that in his mantra? Just to trigger war room? The trigger Bannon? Or is, it, is, it, is he a sociopath? It's, you got to help me out here, brother. I can't. Mallorcas, I have a tough time taking Mallorcas. Right? He's like I, this I, weird, like, gnome. No, I no, I've thought about that a lot. And the, the best I can come up with, I mean, I can't get inside their brains, but the best I can come up with on that is that their definition of secure is different than everybody else's definition. That their definition of secure means that there's no Del Rio migrant camp popping up. They're moving them through smoothly. Everybody's moving in smoothly, smoothly, coming, 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 and no buildup that you can see. Uh, no drone, news drone uh, footage of, you know, masses and masses of people stuck on the riverbank. So if that's not happening in their definition, that is secure. That's that's secure. In my definition and the definition of almost everybody I know, any normal person, uh, it's that nobody's coming. It's got they've got it stopped. There's nobody coming. I, I, I want you to take a second because you're you're the one thing about you is the dog's fine. We know you're, you're we got a lot of dogs on the show. A lot, a lot of dogs. Benzman, you're, you're, you're a good man and, you, and you're a fair man, right? And people don't realize Todd spent years in intelligence work for the Texas Department of Public Safety on this topic. He's one of the reasons we love having him on the show. His books are the best. He works at CIS, which is the best. Uh, his, his numbers are always on and people, you know, even people who don't agree with our politics always ask for Benson's number. I want to make sure I hear from Todd Benzman. When uh, we say that these asylum, because we're not cruel people, I keep saying that these people are upon and they're doing the, the rational thing. When you're invited up, make a run for it. You and I would do it. We'd bring the kids to make a run for it. The worst, the, the Ovaldi mail says they give them a phone, they give them cash. They give, you, you'd, be, you'd be irrational not to do it, particularly with Brazil's falling into with Lula and you got Argentina with 9,000% um, inflation and you got Colombia and you got Bolivia, you got all these nations that are falling to 
either left-wing populist or the Marxist. They're all going to be Venezuela one day. Let's get the kids and let's run up there. Biden's invited us. But I just want to ask from our perspective, these are not even close. Ovaldi guy, he's some mayor in South Texas, West Texas. He said to goes, you know, the asylum thing's totally made up. These are not asylum seekers. This is, we all know that this, they're just looking for a better, they're looking for better jobs. He's just, they're looking for good jobs and, and a better place to live. That's not a reason that we can grant asylum. And, and Biden, these guys knowingly, this is why they got to get impeached. They're knowingly breaking the law as it exists today to make sure that we actually have an asylum system. Correct, Todd Benzman? That's correct. And I'll tell you this, I'm going to give you a little preview of a story that I will be running at CIS.org on Monday with video and print uh, for my trip down to the border is the new face of the mass migration crisis. It is evolving to something that I think the general public has no idea about. The Biden administration has now uh, cut deals with the Mexican government to hand deliver pre-approved immigrants at the ports of entry from the Pacific Ocean all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico and into the interior of Texas of uh, Mexico, where the Mexicans will process them in for the Americans CBP on a data portal, uh, shared CBP one. It's called. Uh, and uh, they're granting them something called humanitarian parole while they're in Mexico. And then the Mexicans hand deliver them to the Americans at the bridge so that nobody can see it. And it looks to be happening at ports of entry throughout the border. So they're legalizing border crossing. You can't call this illegal uh uh, entry. Ben, 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 I got, I got to hold you. I, I got to hold you. I, I got to hold you through the break just for a couple of minutes. I know you're busy. You got to get back to your family because only Todd Benzman, only Todd Benzman can make my head blow up like that. But Hey, by the way, I'm a breaker story. <laughs> just what are you talking about? Just pay attention. Uh, are you, CIA okay. Um, we're, we're, no, we're going to take, we're going to take a break. He's showing us a little ankle. And that shows you the deviousness. It shows you, Todd Benzman said from day one, don't think it's chaos down there. They got this whole thing thought through. They, they're, they're, they're setting up a processing business, right? You guys are in the border patrol business. You're running around catching one and two guys, stuff like that. They're in the processing business. And they're processing as many as they can before we take over in the house. Okay, short commercial break. Todd Benzman, CIS. Hopefully we go back to CPAC. Mexico, we get some folks there. MTG, we're putting it together. See you back here in a second. Friends, if the current diesel fuel crisis gets any worse, truckers might not be able to deliver enough food to grocery stores in the coming months. Are you ready for that? It's a real threat. But here's a very real solution. Right now, you can stock up on emergency food and save a ton of money with this offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking off $250 on each three-month emergency food kit. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help families more. This is the lowest price since 2019. So get it while you can. Remember. Supply chain breakdowns are still impacting everyday life. 
You must be able to depend upon yourself for survival. So get this food today. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. Preparewithbannon.com. And you'll save 250 bucks on each three-month emergency food kit you get. Your order ships fast, and it ships free. Don't wait for empty stores. Don't wait for empty shelves. Go to preparewithbannon.com right now. Preparewithbannon.com. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people, and you pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at COVIDTaxRelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan, and you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at COVIDTaxRelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDTaxRelief.org help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org. Do this today. Take action at COVIDTaxRelief.org. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range. And with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. All one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. I want to go. Uh, Congressman MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, has called in. She's on the road. She's pressed for time. Congressman, they announced a special prosecutor today, special counsel, Jack Smith, who's known as a political hack, went after Governor McDonald uh, years ago and uh, had it reversed by the Supreme When he was thinking about running for president, had it reversed by the Supreme Court, nine to nothing. Your thoughts, ma'am? Well, I, I just want to tell Jack Smith he's not going to get much of a paycheck because I'm going to do everything we can to make sure that there is zero American taxpayer dollars appropriated for Merrick Garland's special counsel, which is nothing but the Democrat Party's campaign arm to campaign against President Trump 
when he is running for president in 2024, and they're trying to use the American tax people's money, hard-earned money to do it. And let me tell you something, Steve. I'm already far down the line because I've been working on this today. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to work on the Appropriations Committee, and we're going to, to do it either two ways. We're going to use we are going just a second. Okay, we're going to use this one method. We're either going to use the Holman rule, which we're going to be putting in our House rules, which will allow us to reduce or cut the funding, the salary or funding of any federal program, especially in the special counsel's case. Or what we can do is we can we can completely take it out of appropriations and put in the appropriations bill, saying that no funding can go towards the special counsel. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing here. And it's going to be real simple, Steve. The Democrats want to continue to use and abuse the FBI, the Department of Justice, the you know, Homeland Security, all of these big federal agencies, and they're abusing it on the American taxpayer's dime. Well, we're done with it. We are absolutely fed up. We saw it with Russian collusion, with the Mueller investigation. We're not going to do this again. So that's it. We're going to stop them and we're going to do it through the power of the purse. Hey, Congressman Green, uh, you know, you're one of the fire breathers and, and the leaders in the House. You got Matt Gates, you got Jim Drink, you got others. Do you think the rest of your colleagues will uh, will hunker down for the simple reason that, hey, President Trump announces and a couple of days later, you know, 48 hours later, they announce a special prosecutor after they've had two years to do this with Merrick Garland. Do you believe the rest of the Republican conference uh, will agree with you and say you're absolutely correct? We either use the Holman rule or we just use writers on appropriations, but we're not going to give these guys a dime. Well, you know, you know, one of the things that um, I'm going to continue to be committed to doing, Steve, is telling the American people the truth, even if it's not the truth that they want to hear from me at times. And I, I don't believe that all of them are fully committed right now at this time, but that's something we got to work on. Just like right, right now, we're not, we're not committed. Um, we're, we're not all together on who we're voting for for speaker, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going I'm to fill you in on that in just a second too, but, but we've got to get committed to doing these things. So I'm going to continue pressuring my Republican colleagues and fighting for this. But I think a large majority are already on board with it. And I've already, I've already, I mean, I've been on a plane for two hours flying down here um, to, to, to Mar-a-Lago tonight and to meet with President Trump and others tomorrow. Um, I've already talked to multiple members of Congress on this, and they are supporting what I'm saying. So I don't think this one is going to be too hard to get past the line. We just have to get everyone together. And then on the speaker vote, the situation there, I've been talking with a bunch of members of Congress also all week on this. And I just heard today that um, that there was mention of Steve Scalise for a, a potential name uh, being brought up to be voted on on January 3rd for speaker. But here's here's what happened. There's so many people uh, supporting Kevin McCarthy. There's there's we nearly have everyone saying that they will not vote for Steve Scalise. So that effort is already defeated um, and it hasn't even started. So we're, you know, I'm just telling you, we're getting united. We just have to continue pulling people together and see, you know, I'm going to be committed to it because I want Republicans to be successful. And Kevin McCarthy's already committed to these investigations that we want to want to be able to do. And he's not going to, he's not going to, he's going to support us. And I think he's going to support us on the Holman rule. And I think he's going to support us on what we want to do with the purse strings, the American people tax dollars. 
He doesn't, he's sick and tired of everything being used political, uh, just like the American people are. And that's what Merrick, Merrick Garland is trying to do with the special counsel. So we're still fighting it out in our conference, but we'll pull this one together. Uh, Congressman Green, thank you very much. Uh, good luck tonight with the president and then tomorrow in the meetings. Uh, we'll put all your social media up so people can follow you. Thank you, ma'am. Fantastic. Thanks, Steve. Just heard it right there, throwing down hard the appropriations. This is going to make or break uh, this uh, McCarthy trying to pull this speakership together. You know, if he can convince people you'd be tough. I know a lot of in the audience are absolutely shocked that MTG would be there. But I do think we have seen a different uh, angle of attack, I would say, on McCarthy. And quite frankly, that's because of this audience and other people that support uh, these hardline uh, MAGA Republicans who want action. Uh, Todd Benzman, I want to go and continue on the McCarthy situation because right now you also have to have a set of stones to face it. We have the ability to stop this nonsense and to stop this southern, this invasion on the southern border. You can, on the appropriations bill, you can just say, we're not doing this anymore. We're not going to fund this stuff. And quite frankly, this story and this story that you're going to break on Monday, because I've worked this, um, I've been in this line of work on the border for now 12 years. That's a blockbuster story. If even half of that is true, because it shows you the insidious nature of this regime and what they're doing in the games they're playing to actually exacerbate the invasion. It shows you how well thought through. They can't do anything in the country to help anybody. But they can sure think through 10 different moves of how to make it even an increased invasion on the uh, southern border and into the United States and then deep into the interior. What do you think has to do? And do you think McCarthy, as speaker, has the stones to do what needs to be done? Because I got to tell you, there's some I see fighting through and how they're going to fight through and they'll blink. If you cut them off on their ability to let the invasion of the southern border continue, right? Because because Schumer told you what it was about. It's not Steve Bannon. It's not Gateway Pundit. It's not Breitbart. It's not War Room. It's Schumer. He's saying, hey, you're not having enough babies, so, you, uh, you know, we need, to, we need to get more foreigners in. That was Schumer at the microphone. Do you think, sir, as you know them and you work with them every day and you brief them every day, do they have the stones that you need to essentially, because this will, Biden would shut the government down if they said, no, we're not playing your games anymore. We're not funding this madness on the southern border. Todd Benson. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge optimist uh, on this. My feeling was that if the Republican uh, damage had been broader and deeper, uh, because listen, the immigration, the, the mass migration crisis at the border was one of the top three area issues of concern to all Americans. Uh, and it didn't really uh, resonate in a, in a damaging way, as much of a damaging way as it was expected to. And I thought that if it had really hurt the Democrats to the bone marrow, that they might have been malleable on this issue. But I think that they're looking at this. I saw Biden come out right after the results and say, and he was asked, is, is anything going to change in your policies as a result of this? And he said, nothing. And I believe him. I'm going to believe him. Uh, the Demo I, I think the Republicans will try. There are some, uh, so there are, you know, the, the Freedom Caucus, there, there are 
good Republicans who are good on this issue, who I think are going to push and agitate as well they should for. But do you think McCarthy, they, they have you, you, he has eight now, he has eight or ten hard no votes. The only way you can convince these guys that I am going to be tough, I'm going to go. The Republicans can't hide from this issue now. There's been too much reporting. People know too much. My point is there'll be a revolt from this audience and from all the other conservative audiences because of everything we have. Even the spending is tied back to this. If you don't stop this on the southern border, we don't have a country. It's that simple. And so they're going to literally have the bayonet to their back, the proverbial bayonet to the back. Don't back up. You got to keep going. Do you see that? On the Republican side, because when your story comes out next week, it's going to be one of a hundred just layered up that it's impossible for them and run away and not look at this as reality that has to be addressed. Right. Well, what what needs to happen is at least some effort to uh, play with the purse strings on this. But we saw just a few years ago when Trump was facing a kind of a similar situation, he was trying to get things done at the border. Uh, and, you know, that we had a standoff and they closed the government and ultimately it didn't it didn't work as well as it was what it was what it was intended, how it was intended. I'm not sure how well the purse strings work on this particular issue, because the levers all lead pretty much to the White House and then from there to DHS, Mayorkas. Uh, so, I mean, if they want to keep this going, and it seems like they do, uh, I think they're going to find ways to just keep it going. And one of the ways is, as I just mentioned, to, you know, pre-approve thousands upon thousands of immigrants for, for humanitarian parole while they're still in Mexico, and then just uh, walk them over the bridge. I was there. I, I got into the interior of the Mexican side of the operation, they gave me full unfettered access, and I watched them do it on a data on a data portal shared a CBP one data portal shared with the Mexicans, and they're just putting all these names in there, and and they're bringing them over, and you can't see that in a in a in a Fox News drone overhead. Uh, this is all hidden behind federal walls in. It seems like it's increasing and increasing and increasing under something called legal pathways. The Mayorkas uh, people are saying legal. we are creating legal pathways at the southern border. That's a whole different thing. Uh, that's a whole that's a game changing kind of uh, a change to the immigration process. Now, there is litigation in Florida. Uh, the state of Florida about humanitarian parole, the the questionable legal authority that they're using for this. In my opinion, I'm not a lawyer, but I, it's a the, the law is very simple, and even for somebody like me, and it really does seem like they are breaking the law. They're misusing humanitarian parole sure. on a massive scale. So uh, people need to pay attention to that Florida lawsuit at this point. Uh, you're not going to see the migration numbers go up as much, and they may even go down, the, the apprehension numbers, because they're moving them to the ports of entry over the bridges. You can't see it, and they don't log as an illegal alien apprehension. None of them log that way. 
Let me uh, last thing uh, is the Abbott Abbott dropped this on the day of President Trump's um, launch of his campaign. And Abbott, people know Abbott's ambitious. Also, it was literally ripped from uh, Carrie Lakes, what she was going to do or will do uh, on her inauguration as governor the very first day is send a warning shot to Biden, give him 30 days uh, and then declare declare an evasion, give Biden 30 days to deal with it. Is Abbott's performative or is this real? Here's what I can tell you, uh, based on uh, my uh, relationship with somebody who is in very high up in Texas state government, that they have certain plans that do not include rounding up illegal aliens and kicking them back to Mexico. That is not on the table. Uh, they, they do plan to do some things that are new but I couldn't get I couldn't get a good beat on what that is. But something is coming. Something's happening. Uh, but it's not going to be what everybody was hoping for. What Carrie Lake was promising to do. Uh, but for the most part, why is Abbott why 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 is Abbott not have the balls to 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 uh, call for an invasion? That's an invasion of Texas and take all those emergency measures that he's authorized to do. Why won't he well, do it? I have, a, I have an answer to that. Uh, one reason that this is from them is that, uh, you know, under Title 42, Border Patrol routinely kicks illegals back, 35% only now, but they're still doing it. And by the way, those ones that they're kicking back under 42 are coming in on the bridges now. The, they gave them an escape hatch to come in legally. Okay, but that's Monday. Uh, what the Texas uh, leadership is concerned about there is that if Texas were to start doing the same thing, they would just turn right around and come back in just like they do when Border Patrol does. They would have to do something else like fly them to their home countries or something like that. And when Texas does push them back, like Title 42, a Texas-style Title 42 they don't have the ability to check fingerprints with uh, on the federal side and biometrics on the federal side because the federals will not cooperate uh, with something like this on the Texas side. There's there's a, a Grand Canyon sized chasm in cooperation on that issue, and they're worried that they'll push back terrorists and criminals uh, that they don't know who. Then when they come back, uh, they won't be able to catch them the next time. Wow! So they. Sounds like their explanation looking for a, an answer, you know, a dodge looking for explanation. Todd, how do people get to you, particularly for the big drop on Monday and also the book? Right. T. Benzman at Getter. That's the best way to follow me. ToddBenzman.com. I'm with the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, my forthcoming book, it'll be out in February, all about this border crisis, documenting how it started, who started it, why it started, and what it looked like on the ground is called Overrun. It's uh, back over here on over my shoulder, which one? The red book there. Uh, how yeah. Joe Biden yeah. unleashed the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. Be out in February, but it's available for pre-order now. Wish that had been out before the election, but good. it's going to be great in February as we get into these investigations and these hearings. Todd Benson, thank you very much. Appreciate Thank you, you coming on, brother. Sure. Everybody ought to get that book. Uh, by the way, MTG just texted me and said, record. she talked to uh, Kevin McCarthy and wanted to report that Kevin McCarthy said 
100%, there will be no funding for a special counsel, zero funding from him for a special counsel. I'm just saying that the guy's running and he, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to meet people's demands. I understand people got a lot of problem with it. They got 10 no votes. We'll report on more of that tomorrow because that's going to be a big deal. 8.30 tonight, also on Getter for the Life. I want to go to John Mills. Colonel Mills wrote a brilliant piece. You know, he got everything with the Chinese Communist Party, the laptop from hell. You got Biden over there rubbing up against Xi, trying to, uh, trying to take down tensions. Tensions are still high as we don't respond to the hot economic war they've got us, so the hot information war. John Mills has come up with some quick solutions. John, walk us through this piece in Epoch Times of what we need to do ASAP to be sure we're ready militarily for the CCP. Well, yeah, the piece was nothing will change until nothing changes in epic times. And uh, it's about really the, uh, the American naval buildup and say, hey, what the heck do I, an army officer, know about the American naval buildup? Well, for 12 years, we've been trying to keep a spreadsheet straight on, uh, on building the U.S. Navy from 285 to 355, 400, 500 I mean, they're running out of spreadsheets at the Pentagon, and uh, we've got to get this straight. Now, my proposal, I know the Navy's going to really not like this, but there was a general named Leslie Groves who ran. He was an Army general, an Army engineer. He built the Pentagon, and then he he ran the Manhattan Project to build our first nuclear weapons. Uh, I think the Navy needs to focus uh, on forward deployments and off-tempo here, and we really need to get our shipbuilding, our shipyards, just we have to recapitalize them. A lot of people don't realize, you know, the the uh, youngest uh, dry dock in uh, in uh, Pearl Harbor is uh, what is it, about 80 years old. And uh, the oldest one is over 110 years old. I mean, we, we have got to get recapitalize our existing shipyards and expand them. And I think it's time to place an Army engineering general in charge to march this to completion because the arm, the Navy has been has been fooling with this for 12 years. It's becoming a, a joke in the halls of the Pentagon. They can't keep the ship ship plan, shipbuilding plan straight. And so why don't we let the Navy focus on forward operations and have an Army Engineer General come in and imp- expand all the shipyards? The, the, the reason I had to do this, I showed it to my daughter, who's an Army officer. I'm a Naval officer. Only the Army could come up, but it's actually quite a brilliant idea. I'm not saying I agree with it, all my Navy colleagues, but Leslie Groves is a special guy. John, how do people get your new book that's out? Because it's about your journey. I think it's a wake-up call to a lot of people in this audience about what's really going on in the Pentagon and the national security state. How did they get to it? This is thenationwillfollow.com, www.thenationwillfollow.com. And uh, you wrote a, a brilliant preface, Steve. Thank you. But this was about my journey where I realized when I was in the Office of Secretary of Defense, and I'd spent time at the White House at the uh, end of the Bush, beginning of the Obama years. But in about 2016, I realized I, there was colleagues spying on President candidate Trump uh, and then President Trump. And then I got a call a few days at the uh, on the top secret phone a few days after Pre- President Trump won the election. It says, John, you've got to be on this interagency committee. We're going to finalize the Russia story and we're going to delay or block the inauguration uh, of President Trump in the first term. The, the, the coup was on. The coup was real. So uh, this is the story. And uh, go through it. How, how it where, took where, four years get in where, 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 do, where, 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 where do they go real quickly? What website do they go to to get it? 
thenationwillfollow.com. The Nation Will Follow. That's the name of the book, Nation Will Follow. And it gives them, an, it's all about action, action for the citizen. Colonel um, uh, John Mills, thank you very much. Tomorrow morning, back here at 10 a.m. See you then. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.